Here at So Here's the Thing, we value participating in your local community. Last season, we did a land acknowledgement before every episode, and although our intention was to honor indigenous communities where we live, because we are a digital publication, not everyone listens from the same tribal land. This season, we are taking 25% of our profits from ads and Patreon and donating it to the Duwamish tribe through Real Rent Duwamish. We encourage you to use the website native-land.ca to look up your local tribes and find ways to forge authentic relationships and donate to them directly. Here at Holiday House Media, we acknowledge that we record from and live on the unceded ancestral lands of the Squamish, Stillaguamish, and Duwamish people, peoples that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. We respectfully ask our listeners to research whose land they occupy. Fortunately, an indigenous-run nonprofit website called nativeland.ca makes it simple. Just type in your home address and it will give you a list of tribes whose land you live on, as well as links to learn about each tribe. Once you know, do your research on those tribes. Many have options to donate or pay rent, so to speak. If you are in the greater Seattle area, the Duwamish tribe has made this incredibly easy with real rent at https colon forward slash forward slash www.duwamishtribe.org forward slash donate. We use a template for this land acknowledgement from the Seattle Mennonite Church, which is posted on the Duwamish Tribe's website. We thank the Duwamish Tribe for making this information so accessible. Hi there, guys. Just a quick content warning for you. In this episode, we discuss scenes from the film that involve sexual assault and rape. We do warn our audience before we launch into the topic, so you're welcome to listen to up to that point and turn it off. But if this topic is going to be um, triggering or upsetting to you in any way, then... We do want you to skip this episode and go mm-hmm. on to next week, which is for Spook Spook Halloween! Yes, but not so as like the Hallow- uh, Disney Halloween party, the Mickey's not-so-spooky um, Halloween the party. The Monster Mash? Yes. <laughs> Think Monster Mash vibes. Think Monster Mash, not like, you know, Wes not Craven. scary spooky. <laughs> Anyway, hopefully we'll see you later in the episode, but if not, we'll see you next week. Hello! And welcome back to... So here's the thing! With Grace and Carly. Oh my gosh, you switched it up on me, guys. I, did. I was almost not ready for it, but we were making great eye contact, and it, I was scared, but I got through it because I was looking at my scene partner. It's actually a Meisner exercise. Welcome to... <laughs> welcome to Acting 101. <laughs> No. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Where we are now in the section called Here's the Thing About Last Week. And just as a quick update of where I am, I've just had two lovely pieces of pumpkin bread. Um, so snacks for all, but they were made by the lovely Grace. Um, <laughs> I walked in the door and I was like, girl, it smells so good. Um, and she's like, I made pumpkin bread. And I was like, no. And then she was like, do you want some? And I was like, oh. Yes, because I have wanted pumpkin bread all week. I have been hungry all week and like, not like for specifically pumpkin bread, but kind of specifically for pumpkin bread. And then it just like came from the sky and I was Tell them about your parking. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then my parking guys, I also, it's been like a day. It's been great. Um, I've worked out because before that I was in Seattle, I was at Capitol Hill for a theater show and I found parking just like right near the theaters, like right off the bat. And it only took me three seconds to get the parking spot instead of like 20 minutes like it did yesterday. Okay. On to, so here's the thing about last week. So here's the thing about last week. 
And actually, a pretty unspeakable tragedy happened in the film community. On the film Rust, Mm -hmm. the cinematographer was shot and killed by, uh, I mean, I guess by Alec Baldwin, but that's not fair and we're about to discuss that, um, because a prop gun actually fired live ammunition. At least that's what I have been reading thus Mm -hmm. far that they know. There's still information coming to light. And it killed one and seriously injured another which is deeply deeply tragic i'm actually going to because i'm not remembering her name right now i'm going to look up that cinematographer right now so that we can say her name um yeah first and foremost i am so sorry to the family and loved ones of this woman who passed away that is absolutely devastating yep the second thing. The second thing is we keep seeing articles of Helena Hutchins. Um, to the family of Helena Hutchins, I am so sorry. This never should have happened. It's a devastating tragedy. I know nothing will make that better. And that's the thing is that this never should have happened. Yep. And so instead of reading the articles that are just like, wow. Alec Baldwin shot someone on this set. I, listen, I am not here to defend Alec Baldwin on all accounts. I cannot vouch for him as a person. But in this situation, lay off of Alec Baldwin. It is absolutely not his fault. The problem with this situation is the structure of the film industry. It is why IATSA is striking right now, because the working conditions are I'm terrible, terrible. <laughs> and film crews are looking to hire non-union workers to get out of paying a fair wage and cut corners and in doing so. Breaks and hours, and there's just, like, there's so much that goes into it Yeah, that is just, that is making unsafe conditions, so... Please pay attention to your local IATSA union leaders, um, as they are pushing for better working conditions because this is a this direct is result why of we need these things. what bad working conditions can procure. Um, and it's awful. And just have some empathy. Yeah, in no way, in no way is it the actor's fault, unless, unless he was being irresponsible with his prop, which I've heard no accounts of so far. Mm-hmm. There, in no way is it the actor's fault after being handed a prop by two prop masters who Mm -hmm. were supposed to have checked the weapon that it fired live ammunition you have to have faith at some point when you are a performer that the people people around you are doing their job are doing their job it's actually not the it is expressly not the actor's job to test that prop Mm -hmm. unless they are instructed to do so before the take like you are not supposed to fire a gun that can actually fire an explosion even if there's no live ammunition in it unless you're instructed to so unless alec baldwin was like flailing it around like without instruction and shooting it off which again is not not really what happened happened. it's not his fault and he still has to live with the fact that an action that he did while having faith in the process ended up taking another person's life. So again, in only this situation, I'm not here to say Alec Baldwin is a great person, but he is probably going to feel guilty about this situation for the rest of his life, and it's not even his fault. Lay off and pay attention and pay attention to, to what what this what union is. what excuse me, what the union what IATSA is trying to achieve right now. 
Um, that's the, what we got. For and the, on to that, let's talk about some other the, movies. Yeah, <laughs> different movie. Ooh, fun. Yes. Hello. We have a special here. Should have just let Carly introduce it. Apologies for the random uh, <laughs> nonverbal in there. We do have a special guest, though. Would you like to reintroduce yourself? Our our most traveled. So here's the thing, guest. Yes, hello. It is I, Annie Jankovic, back again with some hot takes. Woo! Hot takes about what, Annie? We're here to talk about the movie The Green Knight and why it was bad. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> it was very bad. We are here, and we'll get to it, to talk about why it's behind the times. But it's also just bad. <laughs> and I think we say that before anything else is that oh boy howdy was it bad like it was about nothing though <laughs> yeah it was such a bummer too because this was like i was really looking forward to it the trailers tricked me they got me they did that's the exact that's the same thing that happened to us i dragged carly to this movie because the trailers got me the trailers and dev patel <laughs> yeah like, they oh, made it look like it was gonna be this fun adventure journey movie with like action and stakes and dev patel being pretty and at least dev patel was pretty but man was there not any of those other things and man did he not do anything he didn't do anything though he was there this was just superficial it was so sad um i think before we get too far into our conversation about why this movie was bad we need to give our audience a bit of a framework of what the hell we're talking about um, and I think let's start with talking about the myth that this movie is based on, because once we do that, it will be very easy to explain to you what the movie is. It actually, <laughs> in in an odd, bad way, like they do the wrong things with it, but it does follow the myth fairly closely. Yeah, but it's like the myth is like a short little story, and then this is like a movie. <laughs> Exactly. Poem, right? Like it kind of, it, yeah, it's, I, I believe mean, it's it is a, a poem. poem in a, it's a poem in the medieval sense. So like you could still have that as a signed reading in English and it could take like, you know, four weeks, uh, but, yes. but <laughs> like Beowulf is a poem, but why are things like this? <laughs> but it, but it, in that sense though, it's not, I mean, it's not Lord of the Rings. It's not like chock full of stories and they just couldn't figure out what to fit in. They had to make some stuff up for the movie. They did the wrong things. <laughs> but before we jump into that, um, Annie, you have a little bit better sense of the the poem, the myth, than I do. Um, but I'll try to ad-lib a little bit with you when we describe this. I'll start. Yeah. Once upon a time. Oh, yeah. That's not how this is going to start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because basically, yeah, there might be some things that are like a little bit, if you're listening and you're like, I have studied the Green Knight and that's kind of incorrect, like, forgive me, (laughs) I did not study it. But basically, the Green Knight follows the myth of Gawain, who is Arthur's nephew, King Arthur. And like, King Arthur is like older in this story. And he's, he's been king for a while. And this green knight, the titular green knight, shows up on Christmas Day to challenge anyone at Arthur's round table to a duel. Nobody wants to do it. 
So Arthur says, okay, fine, I guess I'll do it. And I believe this is true, where he's like, whatever blow is given to me, I will give back. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in the movie. I, it, so he challenges him, but Arthur is old and none of the other knights want to do it. So Gawain, who is not a knight, basically jumps up and says, like, I'll be in the story now. And <laughs> so then the Green Knight this is, is like, story, one yeah. year hence on next Christmas, you're going to come find me where I live in the woods and we're going to fight. And he said, okay. So then Gawain sets out and like he has adventures that I don't think are actually like written down. Again, it's not like a chapter book like Lord of the Rings where there's every chapter there's something new. They're just kind of like, he does adventures. You can imagine. Yeah, instead of (laughs) detailing the journey. Yeah, it's like he went on a journey and things happened. (laughs) Shenanigans ensue. (laughs) One thing led to another. (laughs) Yeah, basically. They're like, you know, the English wilderness. Anyway, um, and so then he shows up, basically the crux of it is before he gets to the Green Knight's place, he shows up at this castle where there's the Lord and Lady of the castle and then this weird old lady, spoiler alert, it's Morgan Le Fay. The movie will never tell you that, but that's who she is. (laughs) Yeah, so we're clear in the (laughs) film. We don't know that. I had to, on Wikipedia, find out that that's who the fuck she's supposed to be. <laughs> she's just an old lady who has, like, cloth tied around her eyes, and Gawain's like, hmm, that's weird anyway. That's weird, and nobody questions it, and it's just supposed to be unsettling, and we never unpack it anyway. We never, we never unpack find anything. Out why. Yeah, no, Nothing we really don't. And so he stops in at this castle, and, like, the lord of the castle is like, there's a few days before Christmas. You can stay with us. I'm going to go hunting and I'm going to bring stuff back. And he said, anything that I hunt, I'm going to give to you. And then anything you receive in this house, you're going to give to me. And Gawain's like, that's cryptic. Okay. And it's kind of a crazy deal. I just have to say, even as myths go, I'm like, what is this? Why is this happening? (laughs) Like, Gawain, you should ask more questions. (laughs) Um, But he says, okay. So then the Lord goes out to hunt. And then the lady of the castle is like, I want you right now. And he's like, hey, no. But to not offend her honor, he gives her, I believe it's a kiss on the cheek. It might be a kiss on the mouth, but that might mean like different things in ye olden days. I was going to say, it's the <laughs> olden days. So it's like one of those matter. olden day kisses. <laughs> right. It's like a not romantic kiss. Yeah. And so then uh, yeah. for three days, he does that. And then like the Lord of the Castle comes and Gawain like gives him a kiss and he's like, huh, okay. And then he receives this like green, I believe it's like a scarf. It could be a slightly different article of clothing. I think and you're it's right supposed- I think it's a scarf. I think it's a scarf. And it's supposed to like protect him. And he, uh, he, I, I believe he doesn't give it to the Lord of the castle. Some shenanigans happen. He, he goes out to meet the green knight. The green knight is like, all right, time to chop your head off. And then he, like, flinches at first. And then he, like, gives the green scarf back. And then the green knight, like, just kind of sets his axe on his neck, gives him a little nick, and he's like, ha-ha! We're done. It was a prank. And also, I'm the lord of the castle. It's the same guy. <laughs> like, I've been working it's, it's with the castle. Which, like, how does Gawain know to give him the scarf before he's like, I'm the lord of the castle? 
I mean, it's not necessarily a great myth. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen, I didn't say it was good. (laughs) It's just what this bad movie is based (laughs) on. Yeah. So it's like, basically, they're like, it was a whole ruse. I was working with Morgan Le Fay. We were going to play a prank on Arthur. Like, this was all, this was all to mess with Arthur. But then, because we knew none of those losers at the round table were going to volunteer. But then you volunteered and like we weren't expecting that. So I actually have no beef with you. I do not need to kill you. Too that they let him go on this journey. And then at the end, I the myth is it ends in such a funny way. Because they're like, (laughs) yeah, we did totally let you believe that you (laughs) You were were gonna gonna die die. at the end of the year, even though this wasn't about you, and it was really (laughs) just to play a prank on your uncle. But we did let you we sure let you do all this (laughs) bullshit. They're like, it was kind of off the cuff. I didn't expect you to jump in. (laughs) (laughs) You threw off my group. They're like, it was a prank. Bye. But you were were pretty cool. Be more honest next time. But like, other than that, you're all right. (laughs) Which also they never, I don't, I don't know that they ever explain the wife. It was like the old lady was Morgan and then the green knight was the Lord. But I don't believe there was like a, and then she was a, a forest sprite. Like she actually was just the wife who wanted to fuck Gawain. So she's just his <laughs> wife who is yeah actively looking to fuck elsewhere and nobody like wants to, imagine, to address that. I like to imagine the green knight either. You got two options in which he doesn't know that this is happening <laughs> and it's just like a weird extra circumstance and Gawain's like, "Oh, and like how your wife wanted me to fuck her was like part of it." And he's like, "I'm sorry, she what?" <laughs> or or he's like it's part of it and he's just like oh my god that's gonna be so funny and she's like what if he actually wants to have sex with me and then he's like um then you have a great <laughs> sunday afternoon i don't know what to tell you bud so anyway like, going- i want to tell you it's honey it's for the bitch <laughs> oh, no. so it's incredible so then going just like goes home and he has this green scarf and it was like all embarrassing because it's like you didn't get your head cut off but then all the knights at the round table were like yeah we probably shouldn't have let you do that anyway. It was pretty irresponsible of us. <laughs> Let's all wear green scarves yeah. for our homies. Green homie. scarves in solidarity. <laughs> and they're like, we'll remember to be more honest by wearing green scarves, which also I'm still confused as to why it's so embarrassing that he has to wear this green scarf. <laughs> or I that just... he came back with his head. Like, oof. Yeah, Man, it's like, isn't that You're like, it's so embarrassing scenario. you're alive right now. What? <laughs> what were and we it hoping was funny for? Because, like, I get I feel like the moral of the story while it's supposed to be like be honest and be kind like be a real knight even when you don't know what the fuck's going on I do kind of feel like there is an element of like what Gawain should learn at the end is if it sucks hit the bricks because he did not have to go through all that bullshit he comes right. back and all the other knights are like, oh yeah, you really, we really put you through some bullshit, huh? Anyway, Merry Christmas. Like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll wear these scarves and hopefully that'll kind of make up for what's happening. I, I don't know. It's I feel like Gawain is very nothing. John Mulaney. I feel like he's very just but like, I... this might as well happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. I would so much rather watch a Green Knight 
in which John Mulaney plays Gawain and it's a comedy. It should have been a comedy. It should have been a comedy. How is it not a comedy at the very end? So what, what, the spoiler, I mean, this is all spoilers. We're unpacking the movie, sorry, but like that's kind of how podcasts work. Um, the, The movie doesn't do any of the bit where the Green Knight is like, Ha ha! I'm the guy from the castle, and it was a prank. It just <laughs> apparently, and I didn't see this when I was watching it. I was talking to one of my coworkers who really liked the movie, and it was a difficult conversation to have earlier today. <laughs> um, where she said that apparently we do kind of see a clip where the Green Knight's face does turn to the man of the like the the king of the castle's face, and so Girl, we not do, clearly. I didn't <laughs> see it, but I assumed I was stupid i'm glad that you guys didn't either well because um, i feel like maybe maybe they were played by the same guy who am i to say i think they were though they I'm look very it. different i don't think you can make tom edgerton's eyes look like the green knight's eyes look yeah i could be wrong I, I would have to look it up and we're recording on my phone right now so I <laughs> but but yeah i i feel like it wasn't if clear. that did happen it was just for like if you know you know because I'm right. like, I didn't, I didn't know before going in. I didn't no. know, like, the whole story. And so then he just, because the movie basically ends, right? They do this whole long, stupid, extended, 20-minute flash they forward. They do Twilight. What, they do what the, Twilight does. But, but Twilight did it better. <laughs> That's because Twilight it was fun. Yeah, yeah so they exactly. do this, like, flash forward where Gawain, like, he runs away and he doesn't face the green knight and then he like runs home and you get like 20 minutes of like his life and he has a son with his girlfriend but then he becomes king so he like breaks up with his girlfriend and, and, girlfriend and marries this other woman and there's war and his son dies and it's like all this horrible stuff but like none of it's clearly tied to any sort of like oh he was cowardly so this is why like it's just kind of stuff's happening and then after like 20 minutes and you're like this is the dumbest why did I watch this whole stupid movie and then it like flashes back and Gawain is like back in the forest with the green knight. And it was like a vision or something. And so he's like, okay, I'm ready to get my head chopped off now. And then the green knight like smirks and he says something like you did it or good, good work or some, you know, we're going to be friends. He says something kind of vague. And then like the movie is just over. It's just done. There's no explanation. There's no, like, does the green knight cut his head off? Who's Nothing up? is ever explained in this movie. <laughs> Nothing. I just, I left and I was like, I'm very confused. And I would just like to say that I I get that that was the point and I still think it's bad. Yeah, I would so like to say that, point. yes, is it Sam Lowry is the director, right? I'm like, Sam, I do get that you didn't want people to know what was going on. And I would like to say that I think your movie is bad because of that. Yeah, <laughs> not in spite of, because of that. Your I audience just, should know point. a little bit of what's going on. Yeah. If just they know ever. nothing about what's going on, you're not making a good movie. It's like when no one suspects your surprise twist. It's like, chances are, if nobody saw it coming, not even the conspiracy theorists, you actually wrote a bad twist. It actually <laughs> yeah, wasn't it supported make any by sense. the text. Well, this movie, is like, if you, do, if you know the myth, you're still going to be confused because they add all this random shit and you're like, oh, right. what does that mean? Where is it going? And then you're going to be mad that it ends before, like, 
anything of the, the point of the myth. Which it makes a lot of sense because I did not read it for school. I think some people were like assigned it in school. I didn't read this myth. It makes sense that you don't actually see him going on all these side quests because the moralism of each individual quest is whack. They're all <laughs> over the place. They're all over the place. What message is it trying to send? It has no message. It has no message. Aesthetics only. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they were what like, we, we need people. Cool they're like, we need That's people we to get. gently caress Dev Patel's face before like kicking him down Literally. on the side. <laughs> we would like to cast some vaguely interesting looking people to caress Dev Patel's face at different intervals throughout this movie. And that is yeah. our premise. That's our whole pitch. We did it. <laughs> See, if you had told me before, I saw, if I saw the trailer and you were like, oh yeah, that in that movie, people caress Dev Patel's face a lot. I would have been more into it. Not here. It's just weird here. Why do they keep doing that? Why is that such a theme? They'll like kick the shit out of him. Like Gawain will get the shit kicked out of him. He'll be like starving in a cliffside or something. And then somebody will just like reach and, and grab his face. Like director, like, okay. I think you have some kinks you need to work out. Like Let's work through those first before pushing them onto Dev Patel. He didn't deserve that. He no. didn't deserve he anything deserve in this that. Movie. Dev Patel's great. He deserved better. I think we should probably spend a couple minutes here before the break launching into why it's behind the times because we're going to have a lot to talk about before and after yeah. the break. I think the biggest I thing, would... and we're going to talk about other stuff yeah. too, but the biggest thing, and I'm going to put like a content warning right now because we're going to yeah, talk we'll, about... We'll, we'll also have one at the beginning of this episode. So when you're hearing this, you'll actually already have heard the content warning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is like where it's going to... This is where it's going to come up. So content warning for talking about sexual assault. If that's, you know, if you want to prep yourself for that. Um, Gawain gets sexually assaulted in this movie, which does not happen in the myth and happens for no reason in the movie. And we do not unpack it. And it's, I think, supposed to be seen as almost his fault. It is supposed to be yeah. seen as his fault. And I got a bone to pick with that rhetoric. It's, I, it's, it's not, this isn't the first movie that this has happened in where like to develop sort of an, an to, to, to bring down the moral quality of a male lead character. We put them in a situation in which they don't feel safe saying no to the sexual advances of a woman or are incapacitated to do so in some way. And then somehow that is supposed to make them look morally inferior because yeah, it's like they degrade them before their character arc or whatever. Push this person away. And that is such a problem. And it's also not, this movie was not nowhere in any content warning for it including no. the mpaa rating did it talk about assault and in no discourse afterwards other than what we're talking about right here. now has anybody brought up the fact that that was i'm going to use the word and i'll put a trigger warning in here mm -hmm. as well but I, th that that was rape and yeah. it so clearly was it was coercive rape yeah we're putting and it the in ours it's like good. how could you not put it in the movie's content warning like how is that not like that is your excuse for everything is just like well it's not i'm like it is though <laughs> yeah well it was so gross too because it was like there's no denying there's no like discourse around for me like what that was it was not unclear the way it was shot 
the yeah. whole time, like all of it, so aggressive and upsetting and like none of right. the action. Because sometimes even in movies, you'll see this like, oh, you know, she threatened him or whatever. But then like he said, ah, uh, okay, I tried to resist like a good man, but I guess I'm going right. to follow her to bed. There wasn't even any of that like gray area here. It was just can, assault. Even as compared to like another hot button issue of male sexual assault in media, the one on uh, Bridgerton, mm -hmm. which I still think is concerning and should be talked about. It's a little bit more, uh, not obscured, it's a little bit muddier on Bridgerton because the, the consent to intercourse was already there and it was like a split second moment with someone who like didn't fully understand things about sex. It doesn't make it okay, but I'm like that, and I can understand it. but then people did talk about that yeah, yeah talked about and it and they were like oh yeah that male character that was sexual assault and I'm like well then where is the ire for this it was so much more cut and dry in this film the only thing I can think is that nobody made it to that part of the movie that they just like fell asleep. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they <laughs> just fucking left. <laughs> they left. I hope they, they fucking fell left asleep. the naked giant scene. Oh my gosh. There were Why like we at have least that? there was at least like four moments where I almost left. And there was oh one that God. I was so, like kind of near the end where I was so mad that I'm like, I just, I have to finish the movie so I, so can, bitch I can yell properly. about it. <laughs> but dear I God, do I wish I wasn't moment. here. Like, I don't want to be watching this, but I'm too far in now. God <laughs> damn it. I've got to see it through. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the main like behind the times thing. Yeah. And I, I also would like to touch on the racial diversity not that it was necessarily handled in a bad way but that I think it, it was handled, handled in a bad slightly way confusing I way i think it was handled yeah. in a bad way because it was confusing you've got to be clear especially if you're a white director what the heck yeah. anyway we'll come back and talk we're gonna about come it back more. and talk about it we're gonna take a quick ad break right now but more after the break on both of those subjects so here's the thing. With Grace and Carly, and it's season two. We have been able to do all this thanks to this free app called Anchor. We use their creation tools to create our podcast just how we want it. And then it does all the work distributing it to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And we make money! That's right, folks. You two can talk into the oblivion and get paid to do it. So no matter the size of your following, even if you still only have those 12 listeners, or if you're mega famous, like us. Well, more or less. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on your very own podcast. Welcome and back! back! Alright, so picking up where we left picking off. Picking up our pitchforks where yeah. we left off. <laughs> Let me get my pitchfork! Because <laughs> we're not done swinging. I have... I, I have so many bones to pick with both the MPAA and and A24. A24. We're coming I'm, after A24. Honestly, it was one of our college friends um, who <laughs> tried to defend A24 on Twitter. And I was like, well, I wasn't going to come for them in this episode before, but I'm coming for them now. <laughs> because they did the same. There is a scene similar to this in Midsummer as well, um, where there is a clear sexual assault like it's it's very obvious i don't want to detail this assault too much because i want to keep this from being super traumatizing but 
I need to express to the audience how much this character is not an active participant in the intercourse that's going on on screen. Like something to them in both of these films in a situation in which they can't really say no. And A24 is like, wow, look at our edgy pieces of art. Look at the aesthetic. And what that does is (laughs) it paints, it basically, it implies if you're not going to, you know, warn people about it, even in your MPAA rating as sexual assault or unpack it at all in the film itself is that men are, incapable of being non-interested or saying no to sex it paints them as these like rabid animals who the only way they can achieve like sort of enlightenment or uh sophistication is if they if they swear off any sexual encounters and then it paints women as being (laughs) and that being purpose it's just it's so shysty i feel like i could write a whole essay about the sexual politics presence in this movie and like really specifically even just that one scene because there's a lot going on i think the film is both consciously and subconsciously saying what were you gonna say carly yeah i yeah, uh, a slightly different point, but I'm just, I'm over isn't content warnings on things like this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm over yeah. just the fact that people aren't over warning people about the things that are in their show. I'm tired of people being like, well, it might ruin it. I'm like, if it ruins it, then you have a bad show. A bad show. Like, it's just like, it deserves it's to be ruined. anyway. No it's one's bad. Like you're not, yeah. It doesn't make you edgy. It doesn't make the show better. If anything, it makes it worse. It makes people want to never come back and see your things ever again. Yep. Like, because they, you won't warn them. So like, they don't, they can't trust you and they shouldn't trust you. And like, I'm over people being like, well, for the story's sake, like it can't. I'm like, no, for people's like mental health sake, it needs to. Yep. Like, There's a duality of this issue, which is, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if I could give like a really clear example, because I do think it's important right now to talk about concept warnings and that like Mm -hmm. it's just so not like the one argument people give about like ruining the play is so fake because I think of the play uh Passover uh Grace Mm -hmm. who was the playwright on that one uh Antoinette Nwandu yeah when I went to see that play at ACT they were like concept warnings guns there (laughs) will be gunshot sounds and I was like cool i now know what's gonna happen and hey if you haven't seen passover could you tell me what the play is about oh no because all i told you was that guns and gunshot sounds are in the play right you know somebody fires a gun and i will say i saw that one as well and i jumped like you know someone (laughs) fires a gun big whoop you know someone fires a gun in every Chekhov play. It's a very famous trope. And people yeah. still go to fucking see Chekhov plays. Well, and like, especially Passover, I feel like is a really good example because the moment when the gun went off was shocking still. 
the whole time like that you see guns and you saw the warning you know one of them's gonna go off at some point and when it does it is still like like breath held heart stopped because i didn't tell you who shot the gun at who or for what reason or when in the story for all you know the play could open with gunshots and then be done with it you don't know anything about the story now except if you're gonna be upset by guns and gunshots that you know yeah. not only if you just don't want to go, but like to prepare yourself. I think that's the thing is people really like infantilize people who need content warnings. Like you're mm-hmm. some stupid little baby who's going to run at the sight of anything. And it's like, no, yeah. I just need you to tell me that it's there so that they also- I'm not horribly taken out of my own body when it shows up. Yeah. The other thing is that the the people who are against content warnings, I'm just yelling at them now. Uh, like they don't. They say that you you should look it up. Like it's it's your fault for not knowing. It's your fault for not looking it up. And I was like, okay, but I want them on everything. I like going to be shows that you're like, I think I know. We saw the trailer and it looked like one thing, and when and it was a different thing than what the trailer was. Like sometimes you just think you know standardization there is sometimes it is hard to tell especially in a situation like this where and this is where there's there's a duality to this issue especially in the content that we're talking about because there should be better content warnings but also the content that we're talking about isn't even considered something that would be necessary of a warning like that's the the problem with this film is that they don't even consider this scene an assault enough to merit a warning about assault it's just upsetting because it is because it is (laughs) like that's you don't get to pick and choose what is i i mean but we do at some point have to pick and choose what falls under the bounds of assault and what doesn't and that's a much bigger conversation i mean it's a whole other podcast that's a different podcast but if if having a warning for this assault like if you're if the assault in the in the piece of art is not a gimmick then warning someone about it is not going to ruin the story or ruin what that does for the story because it should be so baked into the work that revealing it ahead of time won't be a letdown there's yeah. just if it's we're just stop doing it the, o- the only way a content warning it. ruins a piece is if the piece is a gimmick unto itself yeah as if the only reason it's there is for shock value it's like giving yeah. away jokes like the place where maybe you don't have content warnings is comedy just because you don't <laughs> want to give away the jokes because then they're not funny but they're jokes they're not supposed to be traumatizing <laughs> yeah <You would> hope. <laughs> And I feel like for this movie, part of the problem, too, is that I think this movie sees that horrendous scene as, like, the same as the other scenes with sexual content. This movie is so edgy on purpose. It's like, look, we have, like, sex. And we have, you know, this is an... I feel like they're very much like, wow, sex. Look, Gawain lost his sense of self-control. I'm like, no, he was actually forced into a sexual encounter, but... uh, Yeah, (laughs) immediately immediately after. So, okay, I'm going to describe the scene a little bit. So, like, skip forward a couple minutes if you don't want to hear specifically what happens. Um... Because I feel like to talk about it, I have to describe it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the lady of the castle 
is coming on to Gawain for like days and being really weird and cryptic and threatening. And there's like a painting that cries or something. It's very weird. And so at one point, after he's refused her advances, he wakes up in his bed naked and he's confused and disoriented. And the lady of the castle is right next to his bed watching him. And the second he wakes up, she climbs on top of him and pins him down on his bed. Now, does this sound like a consensual encounter to you? Especially because Gawain has said no a bunch of times. It's not like he's yes, like, oh, yes. yeah, let me find you next time. She knows this is the only way she's going to do it. And she starts threatening his life. She knows he's going to go get his head chopped off if he doesn't have this green magic sash that I want to say she stole from him. I want to say it was the same sash his mom gave him. It was the same yeah. sash his mom gave him. It was and so the same she, sash his mom gave him. She stole it she from him. She either steals it and then says is like coercing him. And the whole time, it's very gross. The movie gets very graphic with it. She's like fondling him against yeah. his will. And she's going and going about how he's going to die. And he needs her help. And all this Meanwhile, stuff until finally she is, yeah. She is also the like lady of this castle that has taken him in without like a single piece of clothing on his back. He's at their mercy. Yeah. <laughs> like and this is a very Joseph and the Amazing Coat, or like Joseph of the Bible situation. <laughs> this is a Potiphar's wife situation. Like he can't say no. He is at these people's mercy. Yeah, like if he tried but he to also tell the Lord that this happened. Believed if he tries to tell the truth. Well, it's really it sucks because then he finishes and they show you his hand after. It's real disgusting. And she like and I, throws the stash at him. Effect, but listen, still sucked. It was like I understood, and it was like the music He's was like, like rising. You're not a knight. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like the music's rising and the tension's rising. I think it's supposed to be like, because that's what happens in orgasms, but the music is kind of scary. The situation is scary. And so when it ends, it's like, this was horrifying. This was bad. And so then Gawain collects all his stuff and just like rushes out of the castle. He's like, I have to get out of here. And so you remember in that original myth, the deal with the Lord was anything I re you receive in the house you give to me anything I receive in the hunt, I give to you. Now, in the original myth, like we said, there was no assault. It was a single chaste, like sexless kiss, and that he did actually give yeah. to the Lord of the Castle. In this movie, none of that has happened yet. He has not given the Lord of the Castle anything. So he's leaving. He's like running away. And then the Lord is like, give me, he sees him on his horse and he's like, give me what you got. And Gawain like doesn't want to give him the green sash. So he's, just gonna leave and then the guy like grabs him and says like isn't there something else you forgot and like forcibly kisses him which i will point and out then... the lady of the castle never kissed gawain so like yeah, never I don't think kissed even gawain. you watched your own movie like but... you don't understand the difference between a kiss and a sexual assault and that is just deeply disquieting also, yeah. that those were conflated. Also, I'd just like to point out that it is the least <laughs> gay kiss between two men that I've ever seen, and it's homophobic. Yeah, it is. It's well, homophobic. 
it's kind of a salty also. He just grabs him and kisses him and then going like pushes him off and says like, get out of my face or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I, I do kind of wish he had had a reaction like this to the lady of the castle because again, we lady. never unpack that. He leaves and like that's, we literally never address it again. Like we said, the movie just ends with him uh, at the Green Knight. Yeah. It Which just is- ends. So like she assaults him and he like runs out of the castle, but you're not really sure like why. I mean, you get the sense he's like, ah, imminent death and things are happening and I got to get out of here because she had the green sash. That's the only way I'm not going to get my head cut off. But then it was like, oh no, but when the this Lord was- of the castle kisses him, that's when we have to be all, ew, disgusting, get off of me. Even though that's the only thing that's actually, that's happened here that is truthful to the original myth. In the myth, Gawain exactly. does kiss the Lord of the castle. But they yeah, were like, he kisses him no. and it's no big deal. <laughs> but in this movie, it's disgusting This also actually gives us a horrible. good chance to... It gives us a chance to segue also because I want to be mindful of our time to the fact that women are just so commodified in this whole They're movie. They're just objects. They're not It does not pass the yeah. rectal test literally even At all. a little bit. None of the women ever None even speak to each other. Lines. They only interact with Gawain because Gawain is the only thing that matters in this story. And I'm like, honestly, if that's the case, then I don't want you to put all of these women in here as like moralistic lessons. They're all completely inconsistent. None of them make any sense and Alicia Vikander is an incredible actor who split her time between two characters neither of them of which have like any interesting unique personable qualities but are I believe both the second just one moralist- didn't even get dialogue <laughs> no the second one didn't even get dialogue also let me remind you that they were just well naked no, they both got a little bit of dialogue but not that much and they they both serve as exclusively as moralistic lessons for Gawain we know nothing about their characters except that Essel wants to marry Gawain but he won't marry her because she's a prostitute and but he'll still have sex with her and the queen of the castle sexually assaults him into making him not a knight and she's like you didn't resist so you're not a knight of honor (laughs) yeah carly you want to give us a rundown of some of the other female characters (laughs) oh my god no because they're the worst um never forget that they were just naked giants why they were there what they did (laughs) where they were going i'm honestly even okay with the giants but why are they naked why are they why were they naked why are they naked what was the point of that part of the show (laughs) justify it for me please there's um um, uh, I guess Guinevere, King Arthur's wife, or whatever. <laughs> what did you say, Annie, about Guinevere? Um, I only believe speak. her only dialogue is when she's possessed by the Green Knight, and it's him speaking. It's absolutely a metaphor for the way this woman, uh, this movie treats this movie. women. <laughs> it's like that's just that's all of it. They're just like nobody has no no characters developed. Really, Gawain's not whatever his really name even is, fully is fully developed, developed. he no doesn't even develop. have a character it's he just shows five up. hours five hours of nothing like i i truly like when i say i walked out of the movie theater and i was like i'm confused um it's because none of the characters were developed especially the women they were like hello you look hot would you like to be in my movie thank you you look that is old and you gross would, would you like to be in my you movie look, and do only that you look like a witch would you like to be in my movie hey yeah you are of a different ethnicity than white people would you like to play a witch in this movie and have us not unpack that yeah what? yeah so, so that character that's gawain's mother because dev patel 
is not white. <laughs> and this is a story that yeah. takes place in medieval England. And the movie never tries to justify it, which I think is actually a good move. Like, you That's don't have to justify great, yeah. why people of color exist in your movie. Yeah. But Gawain is Arthur's nephew. And Arthur's Arthur is his mother's brother. His mother and Arthur are brother and sister. And his mother was a brown-skinned woman. And I'm just like, okay. Okay, sure. Huh? Because Maybe. nobody else here in this whole area, that none of the characters we've met other than Gawain and his mother have anything but white skin. Right. So like, I, it's not I just a fully feel integrated, like, like color conscious cast. It's just no. that Gawain and his mother, who is a witch, who's a witch who was of added color. to the just... story to like maybe summon the Green Knight in the first place. Yeah, she like it is maybe like being she evil. Does summon the Green Knight, which is yeah, like is that an evil act? I, she's not. Nothing they don't make her the bad guy necessarily. But they point out that she wasn't going to church. They also do not make her a fleshed out, interesting character that we learn lots of things about. And she doesn't go to church. And we do have this ambiguous, like, she might actually be playing this game all along with her, like, witchy powers. And I'm like, ah, if you cast even one other person of color for the townspeople or for the knights or anyone involved, I might buy it. The only woman of color other than the, the girl that the girl Gawain meets in the wait. woods who is unrelated to anything involved in like Camelot. <laughs> this is the only woman of color in Camelot that we see and she's a witch and that's not we're not made to be familiar with that like that is supposed, supposed to, to be, be strange. shrouded in mystery and uncomfortable for the audience and I'm like that's irresponsible it just yeah. feels that's a little bit like orientalism it does you know? it feels absolutely yeah. like orientalism nondescript witchcraft that is like it doesn't fall into any specific witchcraft category it's just and it's spooky and she's brown and settled exactly yeah. it feels very exotifying they don't do that to dev patel but the fact that they do that his mother feels very very ick and yeah, also was... i would like to point out i did not need an explanation that she was arthur's sister you could i'm like sometimes people have nephews and sometimes those nephews are of a different race right but it's if they were just yeah. like gawain my nephew i'd just be like okay no, no further question. Literally accepted that <laughs> the white character on BoJack Horseman named Todd Chavez was just Todd Chavez and assumed it had something weird to do with his family tree and never questioned it for like six goddamn seasons. You don't actually have to say anything about it. That's but it's just, just how that they specifically were like, "Where's my sister? I haven't seen my sister in a long time. How's she doing?" Smash cut to her doing witchcraft in an attic. It's just like, wait, right. but now you've brought up questions. I, yeah, I have now we further have questions. questions. <laughs> I suppose the only rebuttal that we have of this whole movie is that Aaron Kellyman, Queen, yes. who played Carly, whatever her last name was, I don't know, in but it was Falcon felt like my name. Soldier, and was also in uh, the Han Solo movie, actually. And the Les Mis, I'm just giving an advertisement for Erin <laughs> Kellyman. The um, the Les Mis good. miniseries on PBS. She was Eponine. She's so good. She played a character that they completely made up. Um, <laughs> it's part of the shenanigans and Sue. But she had. She was another moralistic lesson for Gawain, but had a legitimate chunk lesson. of dialogue. 
and a bit more character development than the others. And she slayed. Personality? (laughs) She was given... She was given one of those little communion squares of bread instead of a literal (laughs) crumb like the other women were, and she just ran with it. So good job, Aaron Kellyman. We really appreciate you. She's like, help, I need my head. And he's like, what do I get in return? And she's like, are you kidding me? Go get get my head. in return. Go fucking get my head because I asked you for it. Yeah, I believe she said, how dare you ask me that? Yeah, so when the shenanigans ensue, moments one of the things that happens is going happens upon this empty house that's spooky he goes to take a nap because he was just robbed by a bunch of third graders (laughs) and (laughs) he was they are the third graders (laughs) they're so small um and they rob him and take all his stuff and so he goes and sleeps in this house and he wakes up and there's a ghost girl but he doesn't know she's a ghost yet and she's like why are you in my house he's like i'm so sorry i didn't know this was your house and she said okay well you're gonna go help me now and she takes him out to the lake and is like, my head is in there. And he's like, my lady. I believe he was like, my lady, your head is on your shoulders. And I was like, Dev Patel, you're killing it. Um, she, and she's like, she's no, like- <laughs> I'm a ghost. My head was chopped off because a man came in here and assaulted me also. Um, and cut my head off when I wouldn't sleep with him and then threw it in the lake. And I need my head, which is like a very fairy tale thing to I happen, right? And so Dev Patel is, yeah, he's like, yeah. what do I get in return? She says, how dare you ask me that? And he's like, yep my bad thank you and that's the only thing that i think actually is a reasonable lesson for a knight that we see in this movie it's like hey you're a knight you are supposed to be a man of honor when a woman in good faith asks you to help her well when anyone asks you to help them because they can't do something themselves you should say yes and not expect anything in return and see i was expecting this to be part of the moral because right he just got robbed by those third graders because he was like willing to help one of them and then they were like ha 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 we hate you to take your stuff and so then when he comes back i'm like oh okay so he's becoming more jaded and she says you know what should i get in return which is not something he asked the other people so and then when she says like puts him back on the right path i'm like oh okay these are we're gonna watch him like help people even when it's Become hard a good even... person like a night <laughs> you know <laughs> we and i don't <laughs> it was the best scene in the movie so then he dives down into the water and like gets her skull and goes goes into the house and sees there's a bed with like the skeleton with no head and he sets the head at the top and the ghost girl is like good and then a little fox shows up and i'm like oh my god the ghost girl's the fox but she wasn't the fox meant nothing and had no reason to be in the movie Guys, what does the fox say yeah what does the fox say that's the question of this whole goddamn movie what does the fox mean what does the fox mean I don't think and, they knew. I think it's like the, the frozen people mean? being like, we decided oh my be- right before this movie was released that Anna Hollow was her mom. We made the whole movie and then we decided. I think that house. Sam Lowry was like, I didn't know what the fox meant, but now, two weeks before this movie's release, I have decided. I have decided, but you'll never yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and it was so just like, I think it was so that in the trailers, you would see, it's like all for the aesthetic, right? This whole movie existed as a cinematog- cinematography first, everything else second. So, like, I think it's it was because they were shocked of a foggy forest. Movies. Stay tuned for memes. Yeah, stay tuned yeah. for memes. I'm going to be making a lot of them. I <laughs> oh, hate it this so much. But the reason this scene was good, I think this scene being good actually made the movie worse, even though it was the only moment of enjoyment I got. It's so because true. <laughs> this it movie, made this scene me realize so good what this by movie comparison. should have been. 
they spoke to each other like a person. That's the biggest thing is I'm like, the, the reason this was the best scene is because they had just had dialogue. It was a scene between two characters where we got to learn a little bit about their personalities, watch them interact yep. with each other, accomplish a goal, you know, story things. Unbelievably, women can actually be people too. It what is Grace? You are lying. Please don't burn me at the stake. <laughs> Time to burn Grace at the stake. Women have no thoughts. Yeah, and no thoughts, head think- empty, only breasts. <laughs> yep. So what? We just should just end the podcast. And on that note, we do have to end the podcast because <laughs> we've been talking for a long time and we only have an hour. But I hope you've enjoyed us being really mad. At this I movie. Say, final thoughts. Green Knight lied to me. It could have been an epic adventure where, like, there wasn't a lot going on. You could have added good movie stuff. It we could have gotten the no go away. It could have been a great piece soul. for Dev Patel. And instead, we just got garbage. Yeah. They fed me garbage, garbage for $20. But we got we got um, a fun podcast. Um, I said that really weird. A fun podcast. <laughs> um, I still can't say the word podcast, so all is well. With our favorite guest star. I mean, we have oh. no favorites. Um, but Annie is our favorite. <laughs> Annie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And thank you to our lovely audience for being with us this week. Um, we will see you next week for, for Spooky, spooky. Yes. The Halloween episode. Oh, love you guys. Oh, love, love you, you too. Bye. If you like this podcast and can't get enough of Grace and Carly's hot takes, join us on our Patreon account, where we have video segments, bonus content, and every episode of the podcast completely ad-free. We have monthly memberships for $3 a month or $5 a month, and if you commit for three months, you can get an awesome sticker. Plus, we will be sure to give you a shout-out on our next episode. Head over to patreon.com forward slash so here's the thing. And help us reach our goal of 10 new subscribers this season. Setting the bar high. See you next time. Bye. Bye.